And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Hello, and welcome to Chewing the Fat. Nice to have you along for the ride today. For those of you listening live uh, on the uh, 2nd of July, 2020, thank you for listening to Chewing the Fat. I mentioned in passing yesterday about uh, the European Union uh, deciding that, uh, you know, they were going to exclude uh, many countries uh, like the United States from traveling to the EU. Uh, But just know, and I know, I know, I got to break it to you easy, dry your eyes. Just know that if you're from Algeria, Australia, Canada, Georgia, Japan, Montenegro, Morocco, New Zealand, Rwanda, Serbia, South Korea, Thailand, Tunisia, and Uruguay, you'll be able to go to the EU. So... Don't worry about it if you planned on going to the EU for non-essential travel from those countries. Oh, and, uh, you know, Chinese citizens are also going to be allowed, uh, you know, to go to the EU. But not the United States. (laughs) Ha! Oh, well. Boy, and I was all ready to to head over to the EU. Oh, well. Darn the luck. Congratulations to Dolph Lundgren, who is 62 years old now. Uh, He's getting married. He's back in love again and just a happy, happy man in love. Now, sure, his wife-to-be, Emma, is 24 and he's only 62. Sure, there's a little bit of an age gap, you know, like 38 years. But you can't put an age on love, okay? Sure, he's got a daughter that's 24. Sure. So, what's it to you? Is Emma his daughter? No. Is she a personal trainer? Yes. Have they been dating for a little while? Well, yes. They just shared uh, on social media the exciting news. They were taking the next step in their relationship. They had a romantic getaway to Sweden. And gosh darn it, Dolph just apparently got down on one knee and said, Hey, Emma, how about we get married? Huh? Let's turn this thing around. And uh, she, of course, said yes and was showing off the, the ring in the social media pic. So by saying something very special happened here in Sweden. So good for them. Congratulations, Dolph and Emma for finding love wherever you can. A lot of fans uh, weren't happy. They were kind of making fun of him. Uh, Those of you that don't know who Dolph Lundgren is, look it up. You'll know who he is, okay? Man's been around for a while. He's a stud and a star, okay? And uh, you find love where you can, all right? Now, If you are in a position like Dolph Lundgren, you may need something called relief factor. Uh, Your joints may hurt. They may ache. You may be thinking to yourself, man, I wish I could move like I used to. Well, that's where relief factor comes in. Uh, Go to relieffactor.com and they will help you get your life back it uh look it supports a healthy response to inflammation and decreases discomfort i know that to be true in my own life uh 
I started taking it and then I ran out by some quirky thing. I, I didn't have any more. I forgot to order it, you know, and then I realized, man, I am aching all over. Oh, no wonder I'm out of relief factor. Duh. And so I ordered some more because I wanted to get rid of those aches and pains. So I went to relieffactor.com and I got a three week quick start for 1995. You too can do that. You know, in, uh, in all their customers, 70% of the people who order the three week quick start go on to order more. And I'm sure that you will be in that 70% because it works. Americans spend $2,000 a year on average on pain relief. Wow. And 66% of those people expect to live the rest of their life in some pain. I mean, you've got to find a way to get past it. And that's where Relief Factor comes in. Go to relieffactor.com. Get your three-week quick start. Get started. Only nineteen ninety-five, And you'll see for yourself that you don't want to run out and go back to those aches and pains. Relieffactor.com. So, kind of breaking news today. Uh, it's not happening as we speak right now. Of course, you know if you listen to Chewing the Fat. Uh, duh. When uh, Chewing the Fat records, news happens. So, uh, that's absolutely true. So, uh, I'll just, I, you know what? It is breaking news. Uh, I don't care when you're listening to this podcast. It's breaking news. Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's, uh, main girl, uh, was just arrested by the FBI today. Uh, and I was going through a thread from, uh, Amy Holmes on Twitter who, uh, you know, tweets this just in the FBI finally does its job. Instead of trying to undermine an election, FBI arrests Jeffrey Epstein's friend, Ghislaine Maxwell. Uh, She says, who was on the loose for years. Uh, She was just trying to, you know, have a low profile. Uh, She also says, uh, Prince Andrew, call your lawyer. Boy, that's a fact. And uh, as for Ghislaine, uh, she not only allegedly procured dozens and dozens of underage girls, she allegedly participated in the rampant abuse Amy says, good luck, honey, surviving your trial date. No one is holding their breath, but you might want to try learning to hold yours. A rim shot. Uh, incredible news that uh, they arrested They arrested her. Uh, she, the arrest comes uh, days before the anniversary of the arrest on child sex charges for Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, he killed himself in federal jail last August. He killed himself in jail, a suicide. Uh-huh. So they uh, they arrested her in New Hampshire. And uh, she is now being charged with conspiring with Jeffrey to sexually abuse children as young as 14 and for lying about her alleged conduct as a procurer. Okay. The arrest of the British socialite following a six-count criminal indictment issued in Manhattan Federal Court. All right. So uh, she is, uh, they've asked, uh, they're going to ask a judge to detain her without bail as they continue to investigate the case. Kind of strange. I know that the victims had called for Maxwell's arrest. 
uh, ever since uh, Epstein was charged. I mean, they wanted Ghislaine to be a part of this as well. Uh, she was... I love this story. This story is just incredible. I'll just read you what the story says. Uh, she was arrested this morning, for those of you listening live, the 2nd of July, 2020, uh, on what the FBI called a gorgeous property in Bradford, New Hampshire. Okay. I mean, after having previously slithered back into the United States at some point. Okay. I mean, we're not uh, leaning in the other direction of her guilt right off the bat, are we? (laughs) Uh, Good luck. Good luck. I hope she gets a fair trial. It doesn't seem like she will. And does she deserve one? You know, uh, that's up to you to decide if she deserves one or not. But we'll do, uh, we'll cover more of the Ghislaine Jeffrey Epstein saga as chewing the fat continues, uh, you know, the rest of the summer. Uh, did you see where the guy, Jack Whitaker, uh, the big Powerball winner who really struggled for uh, forever, um, he won the big jackpot in uh, 2002. Uh, he just passed away. He was 72. And he won the Powerball back in 2002, as I said. $315 million. He, you know, the story of his life after he won the lottery was kind of depressing. Um, he became an instant celebrity at 55. He claimed the, the large, at that time, the largest U.S. lottery jackpot. Uh, he took the lump sum payment. Good for him. $113.4 million after taxes. So he won $315 million in a Powerball jackpot. And he walks away. He shows up back at the front door of his house with 113.4 million. Boy, that seems a little unfair. But hey, life isn't fair. And uh, move on. Uh, then he, he, after he won, he flew off to New York with his family to show, you know, do the rounds of the TV morning shows. And then there were the lawsuits and uh, everybody was asking him for money. And he ended up saying he couldn't trust anyone. Uh, his wife left him. Of course, she took uh, you know took her cut. Uh, a friend of his uh, granddaughter, who was uh, had a drug problem, was found dead in his home a couple of years later. Uh, three months later, his granddaughter was gone too. I mean, it's kind of really sad. And then his daughter in two thousand nine passed away. Uh, she was sick. Uh, she had uh, she'd been struggling with cancer, and he had hoped. Uh, you know, he had said at one point that he was going to leave everything to her. Uh, he lost his Virginia home to a fire a couple of years ago. I mean, the guy, holy cow. He said he struggled with drinking and gambling. His home and his car were constantly burglarized. Remember, he's the guy that uh, he had the briefcases 
uh, stuffed with uh, 245000 cash and three cashier's checks for $100,000 each. And he was at a strip club and they broke into his car or his, you know, SUV. And uh, they took us. So, you know, of course, that's reported from a strip club parking lot. But uh, he did get the briefcase back and the money was still inside. Uh, you know, I guess the thieves uh, couldn't get it open. So, uh, you know, he was charged with DUI a couple of times. Uh, casino employees accused him of assault. He uh, he said he was uh, sad. Uh, this was, you know, just a few years after he won the lottery that he said his legacy was already written. He said, I'm going to be remembered as a lunatic who won the lottery. And I'm not proud of that. I wanted to be remembered as someone who had helped a lot of people. And he had plenty of money before he won the lottery. Uh, you know, it was just uh, incredible. His life was pretty good uh, before he won the lottery. Uh, and he did good. I mean, he started a foundation uh, in his name. Uh, they built uh, churches and his family donated food and college scholarships. So, you know, it, look. He tried to be a good guy. A lot of times we struggle to be good people and, you know, things, events happen. Life happens. But he was he had a big construction business before he won the lottery. So he won the lottery and just, you know, shot everything to hell. He had a, you know, multi-million dollar company. I don't know why he wouldn't keep going with that. And just, you know, then he couldn't trust anybody. Everybody wants your money. It's just uh, you gotta you gotta have it set out for you before you before you head off into public. You know, obviously you have to announce most places where you win the lottery. You have to announce that you won, but before you do that, you can get your ducks in a row and make sure that the people you want to have a cut gets their cut in those trust funds and uh, move on. Thank you very much. And you got to be able to say no to the people that come. I mean, right? I don't know. Can you say no? It'll never be enough. It'll never be enough. So you almost always have to say no. You know, unless it's, unless you won the lottery and then I came to ask, of course, you got to believe everything that I tell you, right? Right. Anyway. Rest in peace, Mr. Jack Whitaker, and I hope that you have found some peace. So for the last couple days, I've been thinking about uh, a story that I saw, and it reminded me, because I, I remember seeing it a while back, and then, you know, it's those stories where you see the headline, and whale poop worth $7,000 a pound, and you laugh, and you find out about it, and then you move on with your life. But then I saw, I just saw another headline the other day that talked about this ambergris, which is, you know, well, it's essentially whale poop. According to the scientists, it's a clump of squid beaks bound by a fatty secretion. And over time, it balls up in the intestine of some sperm whales and eventually out it goes. So it's. According to scientists, it's not poop, but it is. Now, 
some sperm whales. They claim that only 1% of the sperm whales that are out there create ambergris. And right now, I mean, sperm whales are endangered. There's only, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand left on the planet. While that seems like a lot, apparently, you know, I don't know, (laughs) you know, they were, you know, over a million. So, you know, times are tough for the sperm whales and times are tough for the ambergris uh, finding around the globe. Now, why is it so expensive? 7,000 or more a pound for this stuff. All right. Now, uh, once it gets released, you know, like the poop, uh, it floats around in the ocean and then you know it it turns into this it turns from the sticky not poop but like poop substance into a hard gray chunk uh, you know floats around the ocean and then it you know washes up on shore or the ambergris hunters you know find it i don't know that they just run a net and check it out ever so often and hope that they you know have the have the ambergris in their nets, but there's people, there's ambergris hunters out there. Now, there are perfumes that use it, right? I mean, it was it's a base smell for perfumes, and there's a few out there that use ambergris as its base smell. And you can imagine that the uh, perfumes that have the ambergris as their base smell ain't cheap. Uh, you're spending a little cash for that perfume okay so uh you know people like to find it and sell it and apparently hunters are out there you know following following weather patterns and uh ocean currents to try to see where you know where the whales are and where the currents are and where we might get some of the ambergris however and it's got 20 or 30 chemical compounds in the clump Okay, so and each one of those chemical compounds has its own odor profile. So one of them kind of smells like mushrooms and the other one kind of smells a little bit like tobacco. And one of them smells like poop and one smells like uh, grass and hay. So each one has their own profile. So it probably smells beautiful, right? I mean, you could just well imagine how that piece of ambergris uh you know that clump of squid beaks bound by fatty secretions smells just a you know it's a bouquet of uh of smells for your house uh however uh if you're in the united states uh you can't have it yeah no you can't have it now people have found it up washed up on the beach in uh other countries and like one couple found a 32 pound piece of this stuff. I mean, now you're talking some cash, right? You're talking two, 300,000 for uh, ambergris. But if you find it here in the States, ee, you're going to be quiet about it because it's, uh, you're not supposed to sell it. It's illegal to sell it. It's illegal to uh, uh, possess it. And it's illegal to buy it. So I can't buy it, I can't sell it, and I can't have it. Okay. So if I, if if you, not me, <laughs> if I stumbled across it, I would turn it in and say, or I might just leave it there. <laughs> uh, you 
you know, that's me. I'll just leave it there. Hey, there's a there's a big clump of something that might be worth, uh, you know, over $7,000 a pound. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> because there's a law that says I can't buy it, sell it, or have it. So, I'll just leave it there. And I would, too. But if you were a person who thought to themselves, well, I could just maybe find a way to sell this on the, you know, on the black market. Well, then you should, you know, take it. But what's the thinking? Why, Why can't we have it? Why can't we even have it? I mean, I get it. The sperm whales are an endangered species, but we're not killing the sperm whales to get to the ambigrous, right? We're not, that's not happening, or at least it isn't happening now. So, I mean, we're waiting for it to float on shore or float into the ocean for a bunch of years and hopefully find it. Uh, You know, so I I don't quite understand that law. But uh, if you find some ambiguous, whatever you do, leave it there. You don't want, you can't even have it in a little box on on your mantle in the house. Hey, what is that? Boy, that looks like ambiguous. No, it's not. Uh... Don't even open the box. I don't know. We don't need that smell in the house, but it's not ambergris. It's, uh, it's fake ambergris. That's what it is. It's fake ambergris. No, no, really. It's fake. I, I just made it, pushed it together. Right. I just pushed it's, uh, it's Play-Doh. That's what it is. It's Play-Doh made to look like ambergris, but it would be kind of cool to have, right? If you had a little piece, maybe just sitting there. Don't tell anybody. You know, just have your own piece of squid beaks bound together by fatty secretion. Just sitting there on your mantle, giving your house that special ambergris bouquet smell. Oh, yeah. Now you're talking. Go to the break room. I need to need a drink of some ice cold water. Oh my gosh, so good and good for you. So uh, <laughs> we were talking about ambergris, uh, you know, sperm whale poop, but uh, for perfumes but i was uh i would you like to uh know what space smells like i know i thought would think you know what nah i'm good but uh apparently there is a uh there's a company that wants to uh create a new fragrance that uh, will bring you the smell of space here on earth the uh, fragrance developed by Mr. Steve, well, Purse or Pierce, all right, P-E-A-R-C-E. Uh, it's a uh, oh, de, de space. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, he's the he's the chemist and founder of Omega Ingredients, a company focused on the creation of the highest quality, province-driven, natural flavors and ingredients for the food and beverage industry. Alrighty then. 
So apparently NASA is offering $35,000 in prizes to design a toilet that will work on the moon. And he was uh, contracted by NASA to recreate the smell uh, way back in 2008. It took him four years to develop the smell from the space toilet. (laughs) Okay. All right. Talk about milk and a deal. Uh, so they wanted to, uh, create this. So the astronauts would, uh, would, uh, would know what it smelled like before they launched into orbit so that they could eliminate potential surprises that the astronauts might encounter or experience in space. Oh, okay. So, uh, for sure they want to, they want to know that astronauts describe the smell uh, as a mix of gunpowder, seared steak, raspberries, and rum. Man, does that smell good. So, uh, you know, if you want to you smell like space, you too can uh, get in on the, on the Kickstarter deal to uh, bring that fragrance to the market. Ode de space. Uh, man, does that sound like, I mean, who doesn't want to smell a little bit like gunpowder, seared steak raspberries and rum oh man oh oh man huh i know i know i know so uh, there's still and we have more news from space too space news 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 space news 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 uh in the uh kinman dwarf galaxy there was an object that has now disappeared i know how could it disappear well research published in the uh, monthly notices of the royal astronomical society and mine just just arrived so i didn't see it when it was first published uh the massive and exceptionally bright blue star that uh, was there that they observed between 2001 and 2011 uh, is uh, gone. Uh, they don't know what happened to it. They, they don't know. It, uh, it could have just dropped in luminosity and now is partially hiding behind some dust. Uh, it could have transformed into a black hole without, uh, without sparking a supernova. Right, well, right. Which would, would if that happened, it would represent just the second known failed supernova. So if you just turn into a black hole and you don't have a supernova explosion, okay, then you're just a black hole. Now the dwarf galaxy Kinman is located 75 million light years from Earth, so it's. It's right there. Astronomers cannot discern individual stars uh, because it's uh, so far away. So they just know that uh, light shifts in spectra and brightness. And uh, that could be spotted from Earth. But uh, it's it's thought that the star is two and a half million times brighter than our sun. <laughs> okay. Uh, maybe it was 
uh, 2.5 million times brighter than our sun. But uh, not anymore. Thanks it. Thanks now to its black holeness. <laughs> just, just incredible. And we have new findings uh, that uh, will will appear uh, in a paper in the astronomical journal. Oh no, it's published in June, so it's already appeared there. Well, how come I didn't get my? Was it in the other one? I, I must have. I mean, what's going on? I must have missed it. So this one is uh, uh, talking about uh, Kelt nine B, which was uh, which was discovered in 2017. You remember that uh, we talked about actually the finding of this planet because uh, it uh, transmits regularly uh, dim the star's light by a small but detectable amount and uh, it was observed by the Kelt Transit Survey, a project that collected observations from two robotic telescopes located in Arizona and South Africa, which is thus the name Kelt-9b. It is, uh, it's only 670 light years away. <laughs> That's it. It's right there. So, uh, apparently, the uh, the giant world is about 1.8 times bigger than Jupiter, 2.9 times its mass. Tidal forces have locked its rotation to the same side, always faces its star. It swings around its star in just 36 hours. It carry, the orbit carries it almost directly above the star's poles. It's 44,000 times more energy from its star than Earth gets from its sun. Okay, so it gets, this is KELT-9b, gets 44,000 times more energy from its star than the Earth does from the sun. So that makes the planet's dayside temperature, and you... You're going to need some sunscreen if you go to KELT-9B at 7,800 degrees Fahrenheit. (laughs) I'm guessing that uh, if you ever go to a dark spot, it gets a little colder, right? I mean, so according to this, when it passes over the star's cooler midsection, aha, it experiences two summers and two winters every year. So each season is about nine hours. That's a weird planet, man. I don't know that you want to live on Kelt-9b. But, uh, I mean, it's a quick it's a quick tan. A quick tan at 7,800 degrees. That's uh, just a little warm. All right, let's uh, let's find out what's going on around the world. I mean, there's so much going on. We do have uh, there's going to be a, a big hearing before the House uh, Judiciary Committee here in the U.S. as uh, you know for the. Uh, for the anti-competitive conduct in the online marketplace. So they're bringing in the big four. Uh, The head of Amazon, the head of Apple, the head of Google, and Facebook. They've all agreed to testify before the committee. Wow, that's huge. I mean, they all, remember they were 
Bezos, I think, was the first up to say he was coming. Maybe it was Zuckerberg from Facebook. Maybe. But uh, they want to bring him in and say, hey, have you stifled competition to the determinant of their users in, in the American society? And let me get their answers. Uh, Mr. Cook from Apple, have you detoured? No. Uh, Mr. Zuckerberg from Facebook, have you detoured? No. Uh, Mr. Bezos, uh, you're the richest man on the planet in today's world, so you must have, uh, you know. Uh, Sundar, you know, from Google. Sundar, well, I, I want to, I don't want to do it wrong. I never can get it right. What, what is it? Sundar Pichai. Sundar Pichai. Okay. So, Mr. Sundar Pichai, have you stifled? No. Okay, we're done. Thank you for showing up. I appreciate it. No problem. Wish you guys uh, hadn't come all this way, but uh, good luck. God bless. I mean, wow. There's no set date yet for... For them to show up and I would guess that you're not going to find out uh, until maybe day of or day before because uh, there will, I mean, between security and uh, people who like and people who hate, right? Is And more people that hate than I. So uh, good luck. Good luck. God bless for these four guys. And in the story it talks about, it's really, I love the story. So they reached out, of course, to have them uh to have anybody comment on the actual story. Uh, a committee spokesperson declined to comment on a specific date. Spokespeople for Apple, Amazon, Google, and Facebook did not immediately offer comment. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, in India, as long as we're on uh, you know headlines from around the globe, uh, in India, 59 Chinese apps, including TikTok, were uh, cut. No more. Have a nice day. Banned in India. That's big news, man. There's a few, uh, you know, TikTok stars out of India as well. So good luck. Hope it works out for you. Uh, you know, India wants to, you know, give China a taste of their own medicine. But uh, all right. And that might, you know, that actually could uh, help uh, startups from Alibaba and Tencent out of India. So, you know, all right, I'm with you. No problem. Uh, the Naked Cowboy. We could us come back to the U.S. Uh, the Naked Cowboy. Uh, the, he went to a demonstration in New York. I love the Naked Cowboy. He's been there. He's been in New York forever. Uh, you know, he plays his guitar. He's got his cowboy hat. He's got his cowboy boots. He's got his underwear on. In fact, the underwear in the picture he's wearing, he has the red, white, and blue Trump name on his rear end now. And he did have Trump stickers on his guitar, but he said he took them off for the protest in front of City Hall. They kicked him out. They kicked him out. They didn't want him there. Uh, so get out of here. He's been he's been on the street being a protester, having people look at him in his underwear forever. He wanted to be part of it. He's one of them. Nope. Uh, get out. You know, they, we don't want the naked cowboy here. You're white and you have Trump on your underwear. Wow. So you mean that everyone isn't welcome at the protests? Huh. Really weird. Really weird. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go over to Russia.
<laughs> we just bounce around the globe a little bit. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin. He, you know, I probably, you know, stay in power now until 2036. That's all. That's all. Don't worry about it. He's only going to be in power till 2036. So it's good news, right? Uh, come back to the U.S. Sure, why not? Uh, San Francisco police say they're going to stop releasing mugshots of people unless they pose a public threat. Okay. The police chief said that the decision was based in part on research suggesting mugshots can foster racial bias among communities. Really? I'd like that explained to me a little bit. Uh, San Francisco is the first city to do that, and you can bet that's coming uh, to plenty of cities around America very, very soon. Now, I'd like to know who gets to choose which mugshots get released. I'd like to know who they deem and what crimes do you have to commit to be posed a public threat. I'd like that to have that explained to me. However, uh, I reached out to the San Francisco police chief and they have not gotten back to me yet. I didn't really reach out, but I'm sure they would get back to me anyway. Uh, We'll stay here in the U.S. Tesla, yesterday, congratulations, officially became the most valuable car manufacturer in the world. Wow. Its stock has more than doubled since the start of the year, hit an all-time high. Tesla's market cap uh, pushes past $207 billion. So Tesla is now more valuable than Honda, Ferrari, BMW, GM, Nikola, and Nissan combined. Wow. Now, it Sure, it's only produced 103,000 vehicles in uh, the first quarter of this year. And Toyota made 2.4 million cars. But so? So what? What's it to you? (laughs) That is amazing. He's got great growth potential, according to investors. Uh, You know, it delivered 367,500 vehicles in 2019, which was 50% more than he did in 2018. This year, of course, will, you know, while he's climbing up in worth, we'll see how many vehicles actually get delivered during the pandemic. But, uh, you know, everybody's in on the electric vehicle deal now, and they all want part of it. If he, uh, let's see, if he posts this, if he posts a profit, in four straight quarters, which he has one more to go now, he'll be on the S&P 500. And I say he, the company, Tesla, will be uh, on the S&P 500. That's incredible. Now, when I say he, you know, of course, I'm talking about Elon Musk. But, you know, the company is Tesla. It's not named Elon Musk. Duh. Uh, So, stop saying that, okay? And as long as we're on, you know, headlines from around the globe, and let's talk about increasing your happiness here on the planet, shall we? The best way to increase your happiness here on the planet is to subscribe to this podcast, Chewing the Fat. It's really simple. Pick a platform, 
and subscribe. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, whatever whatever one warms the little cockles of your heart. And then you are alerted when the daily podcast drops for you to listen to. Uh, Monday through Friday happens every Monday through Friday. And then there are times when there's a Saturday podcast. And then there are times when there's an extra special podcast thrown in there. I mean, I work my tongue to the bone for you to make your existence on the planet better. And I got an email at chewingthefatattheblaze.com from a listener who asks a tremendous question and gives some thoughts in his email. And I'm going to read that to you and give you my answer momentarily here on Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fish. Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcasts. So I've, you know, I've deliberately stayed away from, uh, well, I mean, we talked a little politics, very little, and uh, not any any real uh, pandemic uh, news today with, uh, you know, with all the news. I, I, I just can't, you know, I just can't, but I will say that I got an email from Rob at chewing the fat at the blaze.com. And he, uh, well, I'll read you his email as independence day approaches. I was pondering the effects of social distancing on our American holiday. For me, the 4th has always represented a day when Americans put aside politics and stand together united over our triumph of tyranny for freedom. For me, it is the most recognizable when Americans sit together and watch fireworks. However, this year some communities have canceled fireworks. Others are enforcing social distancing on the spectators. This brought me to research social distancing. I love it. This is me speaking, not him in the email now. That's great. Uh, Back to his email. You probably already know social distancing originated out of the fear of catching disease. Later, it was used in fashion to ward off unwanted suitors by Victorian women. Regardless, in both cases, it was personal choice. And he sends a link. If he thinks he's going to tell me news on fashion, uh, He's forgetting I am fashion, although he did start this out with you probably know. Back to the email. Uh, Therefore, it is common knowledge that fear and freedom do not mix. People who fear will rarely fight, while to the contrary, all must be brave to fight for their freedom. At this moment, I really don't know how to deal with this Independence Day celebration without feeling that all is masking. Social distancing and cancellations is a direct attack on my freedom and our country. Any thoughts? Question mark. Best regards, Rob. Well, Rob, yes, I do have some thoughts. Thanks for emailing me at chewingthefatblaze.com. I also... uh, Wanted to mention that today is uh, another celebration day uh, for those of you listening live, uh, July 2nd, 2020. And if you're listening past July 2nd, I mean, you can still celebrate and you can also put it on your calendar for next year. So, you know, 
and you can go ahead and put out your special UFO tree and celebrate because today is World UFO Day. <laughs> right? Well, I know. That's what I'm saying. I I, uh, I I wish I had known earlier. I would have celebrated uh, for, you know, a while. I may have to release. I may have to post. I've got a UFO uh, YouTube video that uh, I made uh, a little while ago that I haven't posted yet. It's just been sitting in the sitting in the dust bin of of history, and I may just have to post that uh, since it is World UFO Day. I mean, in this story, it talks about uh, you know how the Navy was under fire after it released the uh, you know the unidentified flying objects videos. Um, Former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, who, by the way, is in, did not look well the last time I saw him. Uh, he said the U.S. needs to take a serious scientific look at this and any potential national security implications. The, um, the American people deserve to be informed. I'm sure he changed his mind uh, when he said that, too, because he changed his mind on a whole lot of things uh, during his career as a senator from uh, the great state of Nevada. Economist Tyler Cohen of Bloomberg, uh, humanity has a long history of being caught unawares by outside arrivals. We do. And so we should pay more attention, maybe in the movies, so we should pay more attention to that bias in ourselves. He cited the technology, technologically superior Spanish invasion of the Aztec Empire as an example. Oh. Okay. Uh, famous political scientist Alexander Wendt said that uh, whether it's alien life, who knows? It's a plausible explanation. My point is that we should be agnostic about this and simply study it scientifically. Let's do the science. And then we can talk about what we found. That's a good idea. And if we hold that true for everything, why that would be smart, wouldn't it, Alexander Went? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Sure would be. <laughs> I say uh yes, the aliens, uh aliens. You know, there's there's a difference between unidentified flying objects and UFOs. Uh, sure, UFOs stand for unidentified flying objects, but when you say UFOs, you know what we mean. Right? Yes. That's correct. You know what we mean. Okay? And maybe we'll just, uh, you know, wrap up by going down some of my uh, Twitter likes. I got to come up with a segment for that. Twitter likes. How about we just call it looking at what I liked on Twitter? <laughs> nah, that's too easy. It's got to be something. It's got to be something witty. So uh, one of the tweets that I liked uh, last night was a quote tweet from uh, Buck Sexton, uh, who is coming up. Oh, no, he's already there. This is the podcast. Eh, never mind. He's, he airs on Blaze Radio Network, Premier Radio Network's radio host, Buck Sexton. Uh, used to broadcast uh, as a Blaze uh, employee, too. I love Buck. Anyway, he's a good guy. I like him. Uh, the uh, He quote tweeted a tweet from the New York Times that uh, the tweet from the New York Times says Mount Rushmore 
was built on land that belonged to the Lakota tribe and sculpted by a man who had strong bonds with the Ku Klux Klan. It features the faces of two U.S. presidents who were slave holders. Huh. So we need to just blow it up or what, New York Times? What are you implying? Oh, we're just telling you the facts. So Buck's uh, quote tweet uh, to that tweet uh, was reminding the New York Times that uh, the New York Times building is located on land the Dutch colonists swindled from the native population. They must abandon their stolen land and donate the proceeds to BLM. I love it. And that's where it's going to get to. Which is why, take them for their words, they want to burn it down. They want to start again. They want to everyone just to end it. It is incredible. Also, I liked uh, a uh, quote tweet from Jason Buttrell, who told us about the taste of democracy from Reuters, uh, South Korea's 16-year fight for a green onion breakfast cereal. So apparently uh, Kellogg's thought it was a joke 16 years ago when they voted on cereal that they wanted and they voted for green onion cereal. And they've been fighting for it ever since. I don't know why, and I don't want any of it, but okay. Uh, Have fun. Have at it. Enjoy your green onion breakfast cereal. And uh, quote to you, remember the the one lady who told us she was going to stab uh, the next person? Her video is just beautiful, and she's a beautiful person. Uh, And I just love her from... uh, Where's she? I gotta scroll back here and see exactly where she is from. Here she goes. A Harvard senior threatens to stab anyone who says all lives matter. Have you heard this beautiful person? Wait a minute. Let me. And say. Hold on. Let's go back to the beginning. My cut next person who has the sheer nerve, the sheer entitled caucasity to say all lives matter, I'm gonna stab you. I'm going to stab you. And while you're struggling and bleeding out, I'm going to show you my paper cut and say, my cut matters too. So just a beautiful person. All right, we can continue on with uh, what I what I liked on Twitter. Da, 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 da. Although I, I think I just do, uh, you know, what I liked on social media because, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, Jeff Fisher Radio, and Parlor at uh, Jeffy Jeff Fisher Radio on Parlor. So uh, maybe we just uh, we'll start that new segment uh, coming up on chewing the fat. I've got another segment too that I think I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna have happen. Uh, uh, fat facts, uh, and just you know when we say don't bog us down with facts on this show, I think we I think we need a we need an actual segment fat facts so that we do get bogged down with a few of the facts on these stories uh you know just you know for the heck of it and uh, you know some uplifting news some uplifting news okay the japanese government has lifted the countrywide state of emergency and you know they lifted it i don't know weeks ago i, I wouldn't, wouldn't exactly what was the exact date that uh, japan 
lifted their countrywide state of emergency? I ask that and I wait for an answer and there is no answer coming except in my head. The end of May. So they ended it weeks ago, right? I mean, it's been uh, it's been a, a, an amount of time, a good four or five weeks uh, ago, maybe even six weeks ago. And life, and now he urged, I was looking at a, a, a story from... Uh, from the main man, the the head of uh, of Japan, the prime minister, uh, he urged people to remain vigilant and adopt a new lifestyle based on uh, avoidance. And the three C's: confined and crowded spaces, close human contact, and prevent the second wave of infections. So that's. Uh, confined and crowded spaces and close human contact to uh, to avoid that however uh according to this story uh things are they're not doing that uh train stations are full uh they're running packed there's been all kinds of pictures of uh cramped train cars and you know using the hashtag crowded train so uh we'll see We'll see what happens. We'll see if, uh, you know, the numbers start going up. I, I was looking to see, well, I wonder what their, uh, you know, where they're at numbers wise. And, uh, you know, so I opened up the coronavirus numbers and I'm sorry. I opened up the numbers. I know I got it. Nobody cares. But, uh, China is, uh, still at 83,537. They do have three new cases. And as long as you're, you know, here and want to know and you asked <laughs> okay you asked uh the u.s has a total of two million eight hundred and four thousand seven hundred and thirty one total cases wow we're getting close to three million and total deaths are one hundred and thirty one thousand one hundred and eighteen here in the united states brazil is coming up strong at uh, number two and china is still at eighty three thousand five hundred and thirty seven with three new cases and japan where the heck is japan japan is 54th on the list and they have no new cases they have, and they only have eighteen thousand seven hundred and twenty three total cases so and 974 total deaths and they opened it back up so well, that's good news right Tell that to the governors that are starting to lock down this country again. Go with Japan's plan, the three C's. Or, you know, how about just go with the American plan and let the Americans make the choice. And so businesses can open back up and we can get back to doing things and being the America that we love. How about that? How about that? How about that? Oh, 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 oh,